Greetings, listeners, and a happy Thanksgiving to you. Today is a special day, a day about gratitude and appreciation, a day about family and friends, love and kinship. But most of all, today is about doing everything in your power to not have your head explode as a result of the cataclysmic gaze from a giant malevolent eyeball inside of a cornucopia. But I'll get to that later. First, let's go over the lost and found for this week. We just have one item in the lost and found this week, but it's a dangerous one. We found a turkey roaming around the station grounds, beefed up with razor-sharp blades where its tail feather should be, a serrated drill where its beak once was, and armed with a turkey baster full of hydrochloric acid, which it was trying to insert into the anuses of passers-by. Apparently, this turkey had had enough of Thanksgiving and decided to seek vengeance on those of us who celebrate the holiday by eating turkeys. It took some wrangling to capture it. I finally got me a few interns after slaughtering the last bunch in the season one finale, and so I sent them out to nab it. Most of them died in the process, unfortunately, but I still have a few left, so I can't complain. And those remaining few managed to get the turkey into the freezer. It's been in there a while, so it should be right dead by now. I'm not sure if some radical vegan fixed this turkey up with this weaponry or if this damn thing became cognizant enough to learn the age-old skill of blacksmithing. Either way, if this is your turkey, come on down and get it. Just be sure to remove all of its armor before you defrost it in the microwave. I'm Squatch Ronson, and you're listening to a mini-sode of the Backwoods Radio Show. Snout County is in full swing as residents gather together with loved ones to celebrate Thanksgiving. While the general traditions of Thanksgiving are indeed practiced here in Dog Snout County, such as getting together with friends and family and eating oneself into a diabetic coma, we take the idea of gratitude far more seriously than the rest of the country. You see, in these parts, we have a sort of malevolent deity that emerges on Thanksgiving every year. It's called the Corneacopia. It's essentially an oversized cornucopia with a big ol' eyeball cradled in its basin. The Corneacopia floats across Dog Snout County, emanating a bright green glow as it hovers from household to household, judging residents on the level of their gratitude. It's somewhat akin to Santa's naughty or nice list, only if you're good, the only gift you receive is the blessing of keeping your life, and if you're bad, well, you're gifted with a fate far worse than a lump of coal, I can tell you that. The corneacopia appears into your soul with its all-seeing gaze to determine whether or not you are in fact thankful. And if it sees even the tiniest bit of bitterness in you, it fires a laser beam from its eye which then causes your head to explode. 
While this may seem like a dark cloud to hang over what should otherwise be a happy holiday, we actually see it as a blessing. It's easy to get caught up in the mundane pettiness of day-to-day -day life, complaining about trivial inconveniences and moping over inconsequential issues. But when the cornea copia swings by and gazes upon you, you're forced to put all that pettiness aside under threat of death. It really helps you appreciate the goodness in your life and find gratitude for the things you have. Nobody is quite sure where the cornucopia's origins lie, but it has been around for as long as we can remember. There are a handful of urban legends attributed to the birth of the cornucopia, though none have ever been confirmed. One such story goes that the cornucopia has always been here, since the dawn of man, and that it's not modeled after cornucopias, but rather cornucopias are modeled after it. The story goes that when the pilgrims arrived and feasted with the Native Americans, they were introduced to the Corneocopia, who was a sort of godhead to the natives. And so the pilgrims created Cornucopias as a sort of effigy to honor the deity and stuffed the Cornucopias with vegetables, bread, and the like. And thus, their lives were spared. But the second origin story is far less pleasant. As legend has it, the pilgrims arrived and the natives welcomed them by offering unto them cornucopias filled to the brim with delicious goodies. But in turn, the pilgrims greeted the Native Americans with violence, a story that is sadly more true than the fairy tale we tell our children. The pilgrims slaughtered the tribe, save for an old soothsayer. The pilgrims were going to let the old man go, but he spit in their faces, condemning them for their heinous actions, and as punishment, the pilgrims beheaded the soothsayer and shoved his decapitated head into an empty cornucopia and went on their way. But there was a terrible storm that night. The cornucopia was struck by lightning, transforming the soothsayer into a ghastly creature, which we have come to know as the corneocopia. The story goes, as the pilgrims slept, the corneocopia floated silently through the woods, making its way to the pilgrims' encampment. Sleeping peacefully, they were woken up by an ominous green glow pouring through their tents. But before they even had a chance to reach for their muskets, it was too late. And now, to this day, the Corneocopia returns every Thanksgiving to seek vengeance on the pilgrims, who were not thankful for the offerings gifted to them by the Native Americans. The corneocopia should be arriving shortly to judge Gary and I, but in the meantime, let's talk about food. Now, most folks tend to cook up some turkey and ham and potatoes and what have you for the holiday, but those foods are so bland and boring. I like to switch things up from year to year, and this year I was inspired by one of our listeners to whip up some dog snout style chili. One of our devoted fans, known as Carly Sassy Paws on Instagram, left us a voicemail. And I thought I'd play it for you before walking you through my recipe. If y'all want to call into the show like Carly Sassy Paws did, you can give us a ring at 765-862-0299. Leave us a message, and I'll do my best to answer it. Hi, Squatch. This is Carly Sassy Paws. And I'm just wondering, what's your best recipe for human-slash-chili? Just need a couple of ingredients 
and I'll be good. Love you, Squatch. Thanks, Carly. Well, the great thing about chili is you cook it so long that it don't really matter if the meat is tough. So no need to go out and find a hot, young, juicy twink to chop up. Any old geriatric will do. And the best part about making chili out of the elderly is they're easy to catch. Even if they start running away, they'll likely fall and break a few bones, which is perfect. It'll make it a heck of a lot harder for them to fight back. Then you just stroll on over to them and bash their head in with their walker and take them on down to your kitchen. Now, if you've got yourself an average run-of-the-mill slow cooker, you'll have to chop them up. But I built me a big old slow cooker capable of holding two to three human bodies. So what I do is just disrobe them and toss them in their hole. Then, I add some beans, some onions, some tomatoes, some spices to taste, depending on how hot you like your chili, and lastly, I add my secret ingredient. You know that old adage about grandma sticking her foot in the pot to add a good kick to the dish? Well, what I like to do is harvest the feet of grandmothers and pickle them. I put them in barrels down in my basement, and when it comes time to make some chili, I pull one of them wrinkled old pruny pickled feet out and toss it into the brew. Let that pot cook on low for about six hours, and you got yourself a batch of Squatch Ronson's famous grandma chili. Not to be confused with your grandma's famous chili, mine is actually made with grandma rather than by grandma. What's that I hear? A low humming? Oh boy, looks like the cornucopia is here. Hey Gary! Yeah, Squatch? It's here! Oh, oh boy, I'm nervous. Just act natural, Gary. Act natural. Who, who's going first? Rock, paper, scissors? Oh, okay. Rock, paper, paper arm that's been fused with an alligator tail. Arm that's been fused with an alligator tail trumps everything. I win. Damn, you got me, Gary. That's two out of three. Praise, Praise be, be the, the cornucopia. cornucopia. We, we bow, bow before, before thee. Ah, if it isn't Squatch Ronson and Gator Gary. Praise, Praise be, be the cornucopia. cornucopia. Praise be. Now. Who shall be judged first? Me. Ah, I see darkness in your soul. Hatred, anger, murder. But in that murder, you find light. Nothing makes me more happy than living in a place where I can murder freely, your holiness. I can see that. But are you thankful? I am. And what do you have to be thankful for? Well, I, I just caught me some new interns. I thought I was going to have to do season two all by my lonesome, but now it's looking like I'll have assistance, and I am truly thankful for that. <sighs> Wonderful. And you, my reptilian friend, are you thankful? Yeah, of course. Oh. Don't be shy. You don't have to lie to me. You, of all people, must have some grievances to air. You used to be a world-famous alligator wrestler. That was all tragically ripped away from you when you were caught in the fallout from the explosion of the nuclear power plant. Surely you must miss your old life. 
together with one, I became an advocate for reptile rights. And in the process, I came to love alligators. Some of my best friends to this day are the gators down at the swamp. And if it weren't for that nuclear power plant exploding, then I would have never known that kind of kinship. At first it was hard, sure, but it could have been worse. I could have died. Instead, I was spared and allowed to continue on living, albeit with some minor inconveniences that came along with being a mutant alligator man, but I overcame those struggles, and now I am a better person because of them. So, I am thankful. Because, if not for that experience, then I wouldn't be the strong, independent mutant alligator man that I am today. Ah, good answer. Praise, Praise be, be the cornucopia. cornucopia. Praise be. Well, your holiness, I suppose you should be on your way. I'm sure you've got plenty of others to judge tonight. Uh, uh, uh. Not so fast. Did I hear you mention interns before? Yeah, but, but they're not... Are they here now? <sighs> yes. Then they must be judged. All right. Gary, go get the interns. You got it, boss. Come on, this way. Don't be scared. Everyone say hello to the cornucopia. Ah, look upon me and I shall look upon you. Hello, miss. Are you thankful to be here? Trapped in this maniac cellar, forced to do menial work around his studio? I thought not. <laughs> Are you thankful? Thankful to be locked in a dark raid for hours on end while this cannibal feasts on your toes? I see your anguish, but I don't see gratitude. And 
rest of you. Are you thankful? Thankful to be beaten and tortured by a man and his horrifying mutant pet. <sighs> Cry not, beautiful people. I will free you of your torment. And then, only then, will you be truly thankful. <laughs> Well, my children, praise, praise be, be the cornucopia. Praise be. <sighs> Damn it. And we just got those interns in, too. Now we're going to have to go out hunting again before season two premieres. A minor setback, Squatch. At least we survived. And for that, we should be thankful. Ah, you're right, Gary. It could have been worse. Well, folks, that should just about do it for today's show. I've been Squatch Ronson, and you've been one heck of an audience. But before I go, a word of advice. It's easy to envy those who have more than you. But you never know what goes on behind closed doors. So if you've got a wealthy family living next door to you that you're envious of, break into their home and slaughter them. Assume their lives for a day to see how the other half lives. They say the grass is always greener on the other side, and once you take a walk in their shoes, you may find that the grass wasn't greener after all. But I'll tell you what, it'll certainly be redder from all the blood after you toss their bodies out back. And then you can always look over at their blood-spattered lawn to remind yourself that you've won and take comfort in knowing that you've got it better than them because you're alive and they're dead. I see the fallen, fallen I see them all, the fallen few Rest your head, you fallen child Take my bed and dream my dream The Backwoods Radio Show is produced by me, Michael LaRusso, featuring music this week by MC Culla. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends who also have a fucked up sense of humor. And if you're feeling generous, give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Season 2 will premiere in mid-December. I hope you'll tune in. I see the fall.